If the New Orleans Saints are going to make changes to their coaching staff, it's likely that those changes can begin this week and they should be focused on the offensive side of the football. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. is good Houdat Nation and Houdat family. I am your host Ross Jackson here on the Locked On Saints podcast, your credentialed media member covering the New Orleans Saints as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode of Locked On Saints, we're going to be taking a look how the Saints could use some of their early draft picks to start building their offense back up. But we're also going to be taking a look at the defensive side of the football in round one. We know the New Orleans Saints love their prototypes at defensive end in the first round. And there's one guy that matches their prototype that has a very, very good outlook to the next level. We're going to get to all that and we're going to start everything off with taking a look at some of the changes that the New Orleans Saints could be looking to make to their coaching staff over on the offensive side of the football as early as this week. Thank you very much for being an everydayer and for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. All right, y'all, let's get into it. If the New Orleans Saints are going to be making some moves on their coaching staff, they're very likely to begin this week. And if they if they do indeed begin, it's the offensive side of the football that needs the attention, that kind of needs a little bit of an overhaul. And it all starts for me at offensive coordinator. By the time that you're watching or listening to this on Monday, the New Orleans Saints could have already made moves. So we'll be able to come back to that, break all of that down on Tuesday. And I'm sure we're going to be hearing from the New Orleans Saints getting another, you know, some more media availability and stuff like that throughout this week. At some point, this feels like usually the time where that kind of stuff happens. But if any kind of big move is made, I think it has to start an offensive coordinator. And if you want something that's a little bit indicative that the New Orleans Saints might be looking to make that move. Take a look at the fact that the Saints allowed their running back coach, Joe Thomas, longtime running back coach, uh, to interview for a lateral move, the same position running backs coach with the New York Giants. And a lot of people have looked at that and said, well, Joe Thomas and the running back room that was or the running back coach like that wasn't the problem. It was how the offensive system utilized the running backs. But here's what I want you to want you to really pay attention to here. It's not so much that they're letting. Coach Thomas go out there to try to find another role because they're firing him or that they're going to move on from him because there was something that he did wrong. That could be indicative of an overall relook at the coaching staff. Remember, anytime that a new offensive coordinator comes in, that offensive coordinator is probably bringing some of his own guys when it comes to some of those position play, uh, position uh, coach spots. You know, an offensive coordinator might come in and want a running back coach to come in with them. What? A, an offensive line coach to come in with them, all of that. So that could be what the New Orleans Saints are actually doing by allowing Coach Thomas to go out there and interview for a lateral move. Hey, there's a chance that if we move over or, or change the offensive coordinator, that they might want to bring in their own guys. So go and see what's out there for you so that you know your options. That could very well be what it is that the New Orleans Saints do. That's akin to the way that they tend to treat their guys. They're always allowing people to go out there and look for more opportunities look for bigger roles. You're seeing that with Jeff Ireland and Kai Harley, each getting general manager interviews right now as well. But I think that the big move that the New Orleans Saints need 
to make. And look, it's going to be really, really tough if they don't do this, right? It's going to be a really, really tough sell to people if they don't make this change is that offensive coordinator. And look, it can be a little bit tough to sort of project who the next offensive coordinator could be. I like some of the guys that are coming up from some of the position coach realms and some of the passing game coordinator realms, those that aren't really being looked at as head coaches right now. Zach Robinson, the guy out of uh, the quarterback coach that's been working with Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay over with the Los Angeles Rams. Clint Kubiak, who's been working with Kyle Shanahan, uh, did a really good job as the offensive coordinator working with uh, getting a really good season out of Kirk Cousins, uh, really elevating Justin Jefferson into stardom during his time in Minnesota. I really like those two guys in particular, and there are others. Uh, the Saints could potentially find a reunion with Mike McCarthy. I'd hate it, but they could find a reunion with Mike McCarthy because things are not going well for him and the Dallas Cowboys as I record this. We'll see what happens by the time that that game is over, but goodness gracious, it ain't looking good. So there will be those offensive coordinator types that will be out there that the Saints would be able to find even during the head coaching process. They don't necessarily need to wait for uh, teams to hire head coaches before they go out there and they find their offensive coordinators. There's enough of a division in between those two markets this year, it feels like. It's very clear who the head coach candidates are. It's very clear who the either lateral move OC candidates are or the guys moving up from position groups and stuff like that that aren't being looked at as head coaches, but could be looked at as head coaches in 2025. This is why having an offensive head coach that calls your plays, by the way, is so incredibly important in today's NFL, because if you end up changing your offensive scheme over this year, if you're the New Orleans Saints and find success in 2024, that OC that you brought in, very likely to be looked at as a head coach next year if he has a successful season here, turning things around for the offense in New Orleans. So it gets a little bit tricky. And then, of course, there's the John Gruden equation of it all as well. Would the Saints bring him in as this sort of senior offensive assistant and then make no other changes on the offensive staff or a couple of other changes? I think making a change at offensive line coach potentially makes a lot of sense for New Orleans, considering how bad the offensive line has been and how much it has taken sets back the regression of that unit over the course of the past couple of years. And I know that when it comes to Ryan Ramchick, there's the knee question, but you look at it from you know, the left side to the right side, first round pick, undrafted free agent, second round pick, first round pick, first round pick. If you look at James Hurst there, uh, and then if you put, if you swap out, you know, if you move James Hurst out, put Andrews Pete in at left guard and talk about Trevor Penning, then you're going first round pick, first round pick, second round pick, first round pick, first round pick. They've invested in the position and now it looks like they need to invest in the position all over again here in 2024. I'm going to give you a really good option for how the Saints can do that without burning another first round pick. Uh, here in a little bit as we close out today's show. But I think offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, those are two spots to really pay attention to. We'll see what happens with Coach Thomas when it comes to the running back spot and what that could potentially mean uh, for New Orleans as well. But I think everything's got to start at the top. If the Saints really, really want to improve their offense and take a big step forward, then they need to not sign themselves up for the same inconsistencies the same tendencies and the same concerns, issues, problems, however it is that you want to identify them and whatever it is that you want to call them, they need to not sign up for all that for a third year. They need to make a change here. And there's good candidates, the Zach Robinsons of the world, the Clint Kubiaks of the world and others that could be really, really good for New Orleans. The reason why I mentioned staying away from Mike McCarthy is because if you've watched the Dallas Cowboys all season, they've looked good. Then they've looked bad. They've looked good. And then once they get into the playoffs, you're seeing the play call selection all be an issue, stuff like that. I, you know, I know it would be a little bit of a reunion, 
And we know how much the New Orleans Saints organization loves a reunion, but probably not one that I would be looking forward to if I was the New Orleans Saints uh, right now. But that's where I think that we potentially see some changes. Could we see some changes over the defensive side of the staff? Sure, especially if play, you know, if people get hired away and things like that. But I don't think that that's where the Saints need to focus their energy. The defense was, again, very good here in 2023, even though the run game didn't necessarily take steps forward. But as we discussed here in the preseason, well before the, the 2023 season started, let the run game be what it is. As long as you're keeping points off the board, that's all that matters. And you keep points on the board by defending the passing game. And the Saints did that very well in 2023. No reason to believe they won't do that again very well in 2024, for that matter. So if I'm the New Orleans Saints, I'm focused in on making changes in the offensive staff. We'll see exactly, though, what it is that they do with some of those changes potentially coming this week, or at least in the near future. All right, we're not done yet. It's Monday for the offseason, so let's get into our first mock draft Monday. We're doing the first four rounds. That's three picks for the New Orleans Saints, at least as it stands right now, with the assumption that they get that fourth round uh, compensatory selection. And we're going to start off with the edge rusher that fits the prototype that we know the New Orleans Saints will like, but has a very, very good outlook in terms of his transition to the NFL. We got that coming up for you next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Not only should you be able to purchase tickets when you want, whether it's a spontaneous decision to go to a game or to go to uh, you know, a, a, a musical or a theater show, maybe comedy, whatever it is that you're looking for, Game Time's got you covered, but you should also be able to have peace of mind. That's what I love about Game Time is that they will actually show you on the, on the app the view from your seat so that it takes the guesswork out entirely. You don't show up to find out that you're sitting in a you know, partially obstructed viewing section or anything like that or that the you know, that the, 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 there's other stuff in your way or whatever. You get everything that you need to know ahead of before you even buy the ticket, which is awesome. So I love me some game time, especially when I want to buy some first or some last second tickets and things like that. So take all the guesswork out of buying tickets by using game time today. Download the game time app, create an account and use the promo code locked on for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's episode of Locked on Saints also brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. It has been a rough flu season out in these streets and you know you want to be prepared for that. You want to be prepared for much more as well. That's what I love about Jace Medical's Jace case in particular. Think about it as insurance, right? Better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. And that's why Jace Medical is helping you stay prepared all season, long flu season or not. The Jace case gives you five different antibiotics that can treat a long list of different ailments that you want to be ready to take care of, especially if you're in a place like here in New Orleans where, you know, look, you can have a blackout at any time. You could have a storm come through. Like you want to be prepared just like you would be prepared. Like when I lived on the West Coast, we always had the earthquake kits. You know, here I've got the hurricane kits, got the candles ready to go out, and I've got my Jace case that goes with it just in case. Visit jacemedical.com today. Complete your physician account. It's going to be reviewed by a board certified physician, and then your medications are going to be dispensed to you by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been easier to be prepared like it is today. Go to jacemedical.com. Use that promo code locked on for $20 off of your order. All right, family, it is Mock Draft Monday here on the Locked On Saints podcast, and I've got the perfect edge rusher that fits the New Orleans Saints, 
scheme, prototype, all that, but that has a really, really positive outlook to the next level. Let's break it down as we get started with our first Mock Draft Monday of 2024. Thank you, of course, for being an everydayer here on the Locked On Saints podcast. Make sure you go and check out the Locked On Sports Today uh, YouTube channel as well, 24-7 national sports stream over on YouTube, YouTube's first of its kind. So be a part of history. Go and subscribe to the Locked On Sports Today YouTube page today. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm digging what we're going to see from UCLA edge rusher Leatu Latu. He's going to be at the Senior Bowl. Uh, and he, to me, is the most polished pass rusher in this year's NFL draft. Is he my edge number one? Actually, no. That is Jared Verse of Florida State University. Some folks will also have Dallas Turner of Alabama up there as well. But in the mock draft that I did, with the Saints picking at 14, both Turner and Verse were off the board, and I had absolutely no problem going with Leatu Latu. He is a guy for me that I look at and I say, okay, he fits the prototype of what the New Orleans Saints like. We're going to take a look at some of those numbers here in a second. But because of his polish, because of his ability to rush the passer, and because of his effectiveness as a run defender as well, he's got a really, really good outlook getting to the NFL, which we know has been a problem for the New Orleans Saints. They've gone and they picked these guys from smaller schools, uh, Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turner. We don't know really about Peyton Turner yet because he hasn't been able to stay healthy and stay on the field. But the first round edge rusher approach hasn't worked for New Orleans. There's no reason to believe that they're going to go against it this year, right? We know that they still have their prototype. We know that edge rusher is a need for them going into 2024. We know for sure that the Saints, if they draft an edge rusher in the first round, they're going to go for their mold. So let's find a guy that transitions well to the NFL. And Leatu Latu of UCLA gets that done. Although I do think Jared Verse would equally be as good a selection as well. I like both of these guys a lot. I like them both over Dallas Turner um, in terms of what it is that the New Orleans Saints mold is and how they want to use their edge rushers. So let's take a look at a little bit more about Leatu Latu. From UCLA. So the UCLA edge rusher standing at six foot five, 265 pounds, is a senior coming out of UCLA. He will be at the Senior Bowl. So check, check, and check when it comes to three big things that the New Orleans Saints love. They like tall, they like big, they like guys from the Senior Bowl. So check, check, check right here in terms of who uh, or, or the way that Leatu Latu projects to what the New Orleans Saints really love in a draft prospect. Um, the next thing I want to take a look at are some of his stats. So if we look at this over the course of his career at UCLA, 24 sacks, 35 and a half tackles for a loss, and a 25.3 pass rush win rate. Why am I focusing and why did I include that 25.3% pass rush win rate? Well, when it comes to edge rushers, not just in the Pac-12, not just in the Power Five, but in the entire Nation, 25.3%, which by the way, was not a career number. That was a 2023 season number, while the other two numbers, 24 sacks, 35 and a half tackles for loss, those were career numbers. But 25.3% was number one amongst all, all edge rushers across the nation that rushed the passer at least 50 times in 2023 at least 50 times. And he rushed the passer over 400 times. And so when you look at the opportunities here and how this is a guy, why I say that this is a guy that can translate to the next level, 
That's the piece right there. His ability to win consistently as a pass rusher. Marcus Davenport did not have that number. Peyton Turner did not have that number. Leatu Latu has that number. And he's got a fully developed uh, uh, repertoire of pass rushing moves that he already knows how to string together. He already knows what to do if he doesn't win on his first approach, how to keep fighting and win with the second approach, win with his second move. And he's a really good blend of not just being the big guy, six foot five, 265 pounds, can easily bulk up to 270, 275, could easily carry that on his frame. But my goodness, the athleticism, the movement, the ability to control his leverage and to control his sort of um, uh, uh, his ability to get low and do all these other things. It's it is incredible to watch. If you're a locked on Saints insider, he's going to be one of the first guys that we do our draft prospect film studies on next week. And he is so much fun to watch. He's got a spin move. He's got a swim move. He has the ability to be able to get low and win. And he's got he can run the arc really well. He does a little bit of everything. And yeah, he's got a little bit of speed to power too, but I wouldn't call that his trademark if I'm being honest. Is it something he can do? Yeah, but he's a little bit more Chase Youngish in that he he might be able to win with the pass, you know, with the speed to power conversion move, probably more consistently than Chase Young can, but the athleticism that he brings is a little bit more akin to Young's game. So I really, really like what a guy like Leatu Latu could bring opposite, Cam, uh, opposite Carl Granderson getting mixed in with Cam Jordan, even if he starts in Zach Bond's role, right? Which is that you allow Cam Jordan to continue to play first and second downs. You could potentially move him inside on third downs. I'm sorry, Cam, don't be mad at me for saying that. We know Cam Jordan doesn't. He wants to play on the edge. He wants to play on the outside, all that. The villain arc, or as he calls it, the redemption arc. I want the villain arc for Cam Jordan, if I'm being honest, because I think that'd be a lot more fun. But the redemption arc is going to be there for him for 2024, of course. But being able to mix in some of these younger guys, getting younger at the position. These are all things that the New Orleans Saints want to do. And I think that the Saints learned very, very well over the course of 2023 with Caden Ellis, excuse me, 2022 with Caden Ellis, 2023 with Zach Bond, that having that speedier, faster, more athletic edge rusher in certain situations, particularly in those third down, obvious passing down situations, absolutely has value to mix in with their usual prototypes. So how about a guy that checks both boxes? And I would make the same or similar argument about Jared Verse. A little bit more coming out of Florida State, a little bit more of the speed to power conversion guy, but endless ability between both of these dudes. So I'm really excited about who the Saints could land at 14 if they go edge rusher. I know that it's going to come affixed with a whole bunch of prejudgments based upon how much the Saints have missed at that position. But listen to me, if they draft Jared Verse, if they draft Leatu Latu, they should be in fine position going with a first round edge rusher. As long as they take those two guys, if they try to go for some small school dude in the first round that should have been at the end of the first, maybe in the second, then you know, look, all bets are off. That's on them. It's whatever. But if you want a solid prospect at 14, UCLA edge rusher Leatu Latu is one of the most polished edge rushers in this year's class. And Jared Verse as an absolute demon coming off the edge are the two guys that the New Orleans Saints should absolutely be interested in going into 2024. Now, we know that the trenches are going to be a big-time focus for the New Orleans Saints. So maybe they start at edge. Maybe they start at offensive tackle. In either case, they're going to be able to get some good players in the first round and in the second round at each of those positions. So let's continue that part next as we continue on because we still got more for you on today's episode. We got two more picks, including a player that would easily be able to challenge Trevor Penning 
at starting at left tackle in 2024. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Right now, if you took the Green Bay Packers to upset the Dallas Cowboys, you're looking good as they are absolutely beating the brakes off of Dallas. But with two more, uh, well, now two, right? Now two more uh, playoff games coming up tonight on Monday. Pittsburgh Steelers, 10-point underdogs going up against Buffalo in a frozen tundra. And then, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles favored by two and a half traveling to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. If you want to get on any of that action, FanDuel is the place to do it. And right now, if you're a new customer, it's even better. It's even more fun because you're going to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you simply place a $5 bet. Win or lose, that's $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. And then you can use all that for uh, same game parlays, which are super fun in this Super easy to use app. You can get to the explore tab to find new bets and much more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Let's get it. Who that nation? The New Orleans Saints can begin to rebuild their offensive side of the football, not just in free agency, but even without burning a first round draft pick on the offensive side of the football in the 2024 NFL draft. And I've got two prospects that would be perfect for what it is that New Orleans will likely be looking for in 2024. Don't forget, we are your team every day. So coming back in tomorrow's episode, we'll be taking a look at some of the potential changes that got made, right? Do, do we hear about some of these moves on MLK Day on Monday? If so, we'll be breaking all that down. If not, then I'll tell you still a little bit more about what it is that we're expecting from the New Orleans Saints as we move forward. So I appreciate you very much for being here. Let's take a look at the second and fourth rounds for the New Orleans Saints. So drafting in the second round, the Saints sit at pick number 45 at this time. Their estimated third or fourth round pick would be a compensatory selection with Marcus Davenport signing a $14 million deal with the Minnesota Vikings. That went well. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, because of that, they would probably land somewhere in like the 130, 140 range. Pro Football Focus in their mock draft simulator has them selecting at 136 as a projected compensatory selection. So that's what we're looking at here. A second round selection from Denver pretty early on in the first half uh, of, the, uh, of the second round. And then late in the fourth round is basically what we're looking at as well. So I've got two players here that I selected. I stuck with the trenches in the second round thinking, okay, we went trenches on the defensive side in the first round. Let's go trenches on the offensive side in the second round. Whether that's predictive or not doesn't really matter to me. I'm just looking at this as a scenario. If the Saints go defensive trenches first round, they'll go, let's go offensive trenches uh, in the second round and then see what we can do in the fourth. And so for me, this one was pretty simple. Um, I went to what is now a power five school, the Saints have dipped into this school before in Houston, and I went with left tackle out of Houston, Patrick Paul. Um, this is a dude. He has played literally nothing but left tackle throughout his entire time at Houston, which he has been there. He spent four seasons there um, with real with with a couple of real seasons. Is that right? Four seasons? Still in 19, 20, 21, 22, 22. So, so yes. Yeah, yeah, I was right. Okay. So, um, oh, that's five seasons, Ross. Learn how to count. Okay, so five seasons there, including like a couple of easy seasons his first couple of years, and then really started to get into his uh, playing opportunities later on. Six foot seven, 315 pounds, 
junior, but will also be at the senior bowl. Keep in mind that now the, the senior bowl has expanded to allowing underclassmen in. So Patrick Paul, who's originally from like East Texas at six years old, moved back to Nigeria, which is his home, uh, and then ended up coming back, playing football at Houston, all this other stuff. Um, and he's a really solid player. But now because of the senior bowl getting to expand to underclassmen, he now gets an opportunity to showcase what he can do at the senior bowl as well. So I just said a lot of things that sound very New Orleans Saintsy, didn't I? Six foot seven offensive tackle, 315 pounds, athletic type of guy that can move around very well. Uh, spent time, you know, is is you know, has that sort of Nigerian connection. We saw that with you know a ton of players that the New Orleans Saints have been interested in in the draft. Of course, David Onyemata being atop that list. And then of course, senior bowl and team captain for the past two years as well. So he's been a guy that his team has really liked. He's been sort of one of those leaders on the offensive line, and he's produced extremely well also. So again, six foot seven, 315 pounds. We'll see if he bulks up a little bit in the NFL, but I think he could do that. Let's take a look at what he's allowed. Career stats-wise, started 39 straight games, 14, 13, and then 12 last year. So it's over the course of the past three seasons. 49 pressures allowed and just four sacks allowed in his career as well. This dude has been awesome. And it's zero sacks, by the way, in 2023. One sack the year before that, three sacks the first year he took on a full-on starting role. So not a bad situation there. You saw the numbers go in the right direction and, of course, finish at the right uh, spot, zero. That's exactly what you want to be seeing uh, going into 2024. So Patrick Paul is one of those guys that could come in, and if the New Orleans Saints want to generate some competition at left tackle, have at it. He could be the guy that could do that. They could potentially look to move him the right tackle as well if Ryan Ramchick can't go. Right now, I operated in this draft, in this mock draft scenario, as if Ryan Ramchick is back in 2024, coming off the offseason knee injury and, and ready to go or at least is still on the team so the Saints aren't looking to replace him, even if he's not going to be the week one starter because of you know, dealing with recovery and all this other stuff. I can see the Saints maybe going free agency, get a veteran up ahead of him in that situation. But I think that they should bring in, I, I don't see Andrews Pete returning. So I think bringing in another young guy to, to kind of go at it with Trevor Penning uh, and, and battle with Trevor Penning for, left, for the left tackle spot makes a ton of sense for New Orleans. And at the worst, you spend a second round pick on a guy that sits back for half a year until he's eventually called into action because somebody gets injured, right? And then you've got a way to utilize him no matter what. So I, I, I like this pick for New Orleans. And if nothing else, they, get, they at least get to figure out who Trevor Penning is or who Patrick Paul is at left tackle. And then they start looking at Trevor Penning at other positions, potentially. I know a lot of folks have been interested in moving him to guard, even though he's never played guard in his entire life. We'll see what happens uh, if the Saints do go, go that route. So that's what I've got in the second round here. Let's go all the way down in the fourth round. I stood pat, waited. I'm not doing any trading yet, but I could definitely see the Saints not wanting to sit around between picks uh, 45 and 136 and all that. But I wasn't going to sit here and start that with our first mock draft. So uh, in the fourth round late, I went with uh, Theo Johnson, the tight end out of Penn State. Penn State tight end Theo Johnson, six foot six, 265 pounds, another junior that will be participating in the Senior Bowl and Canadian. Another thing we know the New Orleans Saints love. They love it. Uh, so he's, he's another one of these big target guys uh, who has seen a lot of action during his time at Penn State. Never really took off as a big time receiver for them, but did kind of take off his senior year 
as at least a or his final year at, at Penn State uh, as a more present receiving threat. But you know that Penn State offense, they're not looking to air it out. Uh, 77 career receptions, 938 career receiving yards, 12 receiving touchdowns during his time at Penn State, effectively putting together a respectable wide receiver season over the course of his years uh, with Penn State. The thing that I really like about Theo Johnson is that at six foot six, nearly 270 pounds, he moves really well. Uh, Damian Parson, as well as uh, Keith Sanchez over at the Logan NFL podcast, broke him down probably about three weeks ago discussing him as a third round, fourth round guy that could be in contention for the like tight end three role. We'll see kind of how he goes. They said that his draft process will have a big kind of leap for him, especially come the combine because he's expected, as our guy said, to run around the four five. So you get good speed at that size. He's got good mobility as well, runs routes very well. I retweeted or quote tweeted a, a tweet from Damian where he shared this video of Theo Johnson running this pivot route, fakes to the outside, spins it around, cuts back on the inside, leaves the defender just staggered and standing there. The movement skills are there. The route running, you can see it. So he's more than just a blocker. So he can come in and play a complementary role to a Foster Moreau and Jawan Johnson for a year and then see what he turns into his second year. He's a fourth round pick after all, doesn't have to have a huge rookie impact, but could have a rookie impact from being Another red zone threat, 75% last year in terms of his uh, contested catch uh, percentage, 66.7 over the course of his career. He's a good contested catch guy. You can see the size at six foot six, 265, 270 pounds. So you would want to utilize that because it's likely, at least from all the social media presence that we've seen from Jimmy Graham so far, that he's not going to be back in 2024. So you want another big body guy that can be an impact for you in the red zone? Boom. Theo Johnson can be that dude and has the ability to develop into more. Jimmy Graham was beyond that point, Theo Johnson well ahead of that point. So that third, that three selection, four round draft, um, Leatu Latu, the edge rusher out of UCLA, Patrick Paul, the offensive tackle, mostly left tackle out of Houston, and Theo Johnson, the big pass catching tight end uh, out of Penn State, who could do a little bit more as well. Good pass blocker, good run blocker, can do all those things. Uh, also. So that's what I'm looking at here for the New Orleans Saints in our first three selection four round mock draft. We'll do more and more of these every single Monday. And of course, if you want to, you can find all the film study that we're going to be doing starting up next week when it comes to draft prospects over by texting Hudat to 504-285-7473 and becoming a Locked on Saints insider where you'll get all of that game tape. So that's what we got for you today. Make sure you come back tomorrow. What happened with the New Orleans Saints on Monday? We're going to be breaking it down. If nothing, we'll talk about what should be happening for the New Orleans Saints in Tuesday's episode as well. Thank you as always for making Locked on Saints your first listen for your second listen. Locked on Pels still got you covered. Jake Madison, the Pelicans are on fire right now. Jordan Hawkins with a career night. Jonas Valanciunas reaching 11,000 career points. So much excitement going on here in the city of New Orleans around the game of basketball. Yep, it's a basketball city. It's a sports city. We don't know how many times we got to tell them. So go and check out Locked on Pelicans today. Thank you very much as always, making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.